It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. All right, and welcome to another edition of the Nightcap Podcast. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. This podcast is found on the CBS Sports Radio 1140 Podcast Network and on CBS Sports Radio 1140.radio.com. Today, new guest to the to the podcast, new guest to the show, but not someone I'm unfamiliar with or anyone who listens to CBS Sports Radio 1140 on the regular is unfamiliar with. The one, the only, state your name for the record. Scott Gobrant. Oh, Turning on mics would be great. Scott Goldbranson, how was how are you, Lindsay? I am well. How about yourself? It's good. It's good to be in the studio talking. Actually, as much as I love talking about football and Raiders yep. football on Silver and Black today, uh, heard Sundays from eight to ten a.m. Uh-huh. Um, it's great to be in here and talk about something else. Talk a little bit of hockey, especially with somebody with your background and knowledge. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I'm excited to have you because I have spent some time with you in in your on in your home rink on Silver and Black today. <laughs> My and barn in your barn, absolutely. And uh, I'm I'm a huge football fan. I, I like the Raiders. I don't love them as much as the Vikings, but I like them. <laughs> uh, mostly uniform based from from the childhood on. So at least there's that. I moved to the market where I actually like football. But you're a Golden Knights fan. You've been in Vegas for how many years? How, how long so, have you lived here? So this is my second time here, five years this time. Before it was nine years because I came to school, went to UNLV back mm-hmm. when we didn't have pro sports. We had a pro sports team, but it was a college basketball team. Uh, we, I was here for the nine years, moved back away, back to San Diego, the Midwest on business, came back five years ago. Uh, just in time for all of this to hit. It's been exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the ta- what was Vegas like you know, before the Knights were here? Because I've never been to Vegas at any point where the Knights weren't a thing. Well, I've always said Las Vegas is is one of the best sports towns in America, even prior to all of this, because you had people coming here. You had big events here, right? Boxing capital of the world, all the big title fights going back to when I was a kid, Muhammad Ali, all that stuff. Uh, And then you had all these other events that came through here. And so when it evolved into pro sports, of course, it got better. Uh, but when I when I first got here in the early 90s, going to UNLV as a student, uh, the UNLV running Rebels were the top team in the country and were, in essence, Las Vegas's pro team. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if you went to school there, if you went to college at all. Right. Everyone who worked in the casinos, the service industry, they all rallied as a city behind UNLV basketball. So you could see at that point that the town was close and that if you had a unifying juncture there with sports, it would happen. And that's what it used to be like. And then that evolved over time. And as UNLV unfortunately lost their way athletically, uh, it opened the door to other things. These semi-pro sports, you had the Las Vegas Thunder, uh, of course, a hockey team that played on the UNLV campus at the Thomas and Mack Center. I, I was there when that happened, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an exciting time. So uh, it's evolved greatly. Now I call this the renaissance, obviously, of, of, of sports in Las Vegas and its history. And it's just so damn exciting. And, and the Golden Knights started that, and it's going to continue with the Raiders. And who knows after that, NBA, Major League Baseball, who knows? Yeah, just like construction around here, it goes up quickly. We could it have does. all four major sports here in a hot second along with the WNBA team and obviously the Las, Las Vegas uh, Lights soccer team, right? Yes. And Las the, Vegas a- yep. Aces and Las Vegas Knights. And the Aviators. And the Aviators. Don't forget about that. <laughs> Baseball right. is, I think, would be ranked fourth for me out of the four major sports, but I'm trying to do better even though there's two. <laughs> much Dodger talk in this town I'm oh. not a fan of that but that's okay uh, before we move on to you know the game last night we're taping this on 
what is it? October 16th, almost 2 p.m. So last night, the Golden Knights lost to the Nashville Predators 5-2. to uh, I just got back from practice today. And tomorrow night, they face off against the juggernaut that is the Ottawa Senators at home before embarking on their first East Coast trip. Um, before we get into all that, we're going to take care of some business, some announcements, and some announcements for announcements. A big announcement for you. I'm big very excited. Big announcement for me. I, I, I am equally, if not more, excited. Uh, <laughs> on Monday, this coming Monday, so the date would be the 21st. First. Yes. Monday, October 21st, from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., it will officially kick off nightcap on the air Monday nights every Monday night throughout the the Golden Knights season will be on the air on CBS Sports Radio 1140 so that's 1140 a.m. for your dials here or on the radio.com app if you have a smartphone which is pretty much everyone at this point I would sometimes wish I still had a razor or one of those old flip phones <laughs> flip phone? to be totally honest uh but that's premiering just a few days away, and I'm not nervous before it at all, and we've been crazy prepping for it, and I'm hitting everything as I'm talking about it. <laughs> um, but we're going to be having – it's it's basically going to be the same thing live on the air that we'll still release the podcast uh, at least once a week and having all the content scheduled. That's going to remain the same, but we're just – we're expanding here at CBS Sports Radio 1140. So why don't you talk about your expansion a little bit? Well, first I want to talk, Lindsay, about oh, okay. your show because I think that – uh, it will be unique. You know, not that there's other shows, and I'm not casting dispersions on others. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying your unique perspective as a former hockey player, uh, being new to the market, knowing your personality and inability to sit still. Uh, yes. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and no, it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun, and people are going to learn a lot. I, I really think that. Hopefully. Yes, because you're going to be talking in a way that that I think the market needs. Uh, and it's going to be really exciting. And you talk about the Radio.com app. It's great because I will be listening to you mm-hmm. uh, via my enabled devices in the home. So ah. I can go on my Roku. You don't have a dial radio in your house anymore? That's I do. Weird. Oh, you do? I do. And I break it out every once in a while when uh, I feel like I want to feel like I did when I was 10. miss what static sounds hey, like. Hey, I, I grew up listening, okay, as mm-hmm. a kid to hockey and baseball and football yep. on a little transistor radio, mm-hmm. nine-volt thing on my pillow uh, which is why I never slept as a kid. Uh, but but Who yeah, so 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 it's going to be exciting. People can listen to you in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the fact that you're going to be on Monday night talking about hockey during the hockey season, this station continues to grow. Uh, we're going to be growing. We have an announcement coming on Sunday as well. Yeah, uh, which I'm not going to tell anybody what no, it is. Keep the, the things could, under wrap that correct. are must remain wrapped. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's, it it has nothing. I mean, it could be about. I don't know, maybe my choice in wardrobe over the next few weeks. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's, gonna it's, be... it's compelling. <laughs> I it hope is. So. I hope so. But you know what? We, we're working hard here, right? We're putting this team together. Absolutely. Uh, you bring coming here good breath of fresh air with the hockey knowledge. We have the hockey people now in the mm-hmm. house uh, to go along with some of the football folks and the rest of the people have so much going on. Yeah. Really excited and congratulations. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm excited for you and, and all the different projects we have going on at CBS Sports Radio 1140 here. And Monday will be a little bit different too because they will ju- the Knights will just be wrapping up their game against Philadelphia in Philadelphia. So obviously East Coast time zone three hours ahead so we might take callers i don't know apparently i'm the boss so it's i'm kind of like okay we'll just do things and then we'll just see where it goes but hopefully you guys can tune into that and then if you can't uh that will be available to listen back to on the website and hopefully on a podcast feed momentarily now eight minutes in (laughs) let's get to some (laughs) hockey shall we before we get to the hockey, though, I'm going to give you an official hockey last Uh-oh. name because you and I have really similar nicknames, really similar uh, uh, initials, too. I'm yes. LB. 
on on Twitter, you're LV Gully. Correct. People call me the goalie here, which yes. I'm t- I'm trying to kind of like usher out. <laughs> oh, you usher. are. You're trying to get rid of it. Well, I just uh, we can do better than the goalie. Like I feel like we can do better. So instead of Gully, <laughs> you have to yeah. ho- you have to hockify the name. You already okay. have the nickname. So instead right. of Gully, you're Golzy because. Everything uh, in hockey has to be a Z, like Z at the end. So you're Gulzy. Right. You're Gulzy when you're here on the Nightcap Podcast or any uh, I'll take hockey-related it. content here. I will take it. Gulzy. Uh, and uh, it'll be, for the people who listen to the podcast, they'll know what it is. So when you call me out in social media or something, mm-hmm. people will see that and mm-hmm. they'll understand it. Others will be like, what the heck is she talking about? Exactly. It'll be like G-U-L-L-Z-Y. <laughs> I don't know. Z Y I E. We'll see. S E Y. We'll we'll have to put that through some sort of think tank okay, with that's all good. the resources that we have here. So <laughs> last night the Vegas Golden Knights lose at home to the National Predators five to two. It was not a great game, Scott. I don't know how much you watched, but I was there. And uh it was I think last night's loss was more concerning to me than the other two losses that they had that they have suffered thus far this season. And one of them or one of them was also at home against the against the Bruins last Bruins, week, right? And then they went to Arizona just a couple days later and dropped one there as well. Um, before I go through my stuff and kind of my read, I want to get your kind of read of what you saw, what bothers you, what were you were less bothered by, mm-hmm. and and just give me your general thoughts. Well, first of all, I, I think number one, the the T-Mobile Arena has been such great home ice for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, 100%. it's been a place where. You just it was a tough place to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we're we're only seven games in. Okay. So it's yep. very early in so a long early. season. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start to see patterns um in play and in and in body language, even in attitude, uh, you get concerned, even even after seven games. And I think that's what I saw last night. They came out, they scored that quick goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then you start to think back, for those of us who've been around for the whole ride, you start to think back the last few seasons where beginning of periods and end of periods have been very, very bad for this team. They give up quick goals. I can't tell. Even even on the run to the finals the first year, mm-hmm. you saw them give up. You know, they're, they're up two goals, and there's 50 seconds left in the period, and they give up a quick a quickie quickie goal right. and suddenly it's a one goal game right which changes the whole your whole plan changes the whole mood around what's happening so the lack of the lack of i think intensity they looked really slow uh i've been saying for 2 years and i get called out a lot by people as not a hater but they 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 just dismiss me mm-hmm. mark andre fleury who who i will admit i am a big fan of um because i could be a fan of this team more than than that because i don't cover them but I will tell you, he looks slow to start this year. He's making incredible saves, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you look at some of the shots, especially that they had the one last night, I think it was the third goal, which was glove hand, uh, and he just looks a little slow. And you have to wonder at some point, when does he need rest? I know you were at practice today. You said he did not practice mm-hmm. today, which is good. But as I've heard other people point out, sitting out of practice is not sitting out a game. The intensity in a game takes more wear out of you, right, Lindsay? Yep. It's a whole different game. So I'm looking at that. These are all the jumbled thoughts that were going through my head last mm-hmm. night. I also look at I liked I'd like to see the the front line, the first line, the Carlson line doing better. Like I, I thought that they were One doing goal. a little better. One goal One between uh, Marcia right. So and Carlson so and, far. And here's my point. I, I like William Carlson. I was never a fan of signing him for as long and as for as much as they did. And people last night, including the broadcast team, who I like as well, 
they said, wow, what a great start he's off to. He's got seven assists. Mm -hmm. Really? I don't think so. I, I just watch him on the ice. He seems to be around the net waiting for things to happen instead of making things happen. Now, of course, you have Pacioretty's playing better, and you have uh, other guys there as well, and I still think Mark Stone Unbelievable. Is, that is, guy is a talent. He's the, he's the he's key, unbelievable. Right? He's the key to the season, in my view. But, but I start to see all these little things happening, Lindsay, mm-hmm. um, and I'm starting to wonder, during the playoffs last year, I was very critical of, of even Marc-Andre Fleury for being too loose during the playoffs. You want mm-hmm. to stay loose, but you don't want to be too loose. Right. And, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you should actually take it up a notch, okay? Yeah. I believe. And and they don't. They were practical joking all over the place. And what happened? They were out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So now it seems like maybe this team's gotten onto an autopilot. And this, again, I don't cover the team like you do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking more as a fan and somebody right. watching from the outside. And it to me, it just feels a little loose. Right. And you know what? And like you said, you don't cover it as as much, and you don't watch hockey as much, maybe as nearly as anyone else. But you have the threads. Like you're there, and you're grasping at a lot of what I what I've been able to kind of take away, at least in the limited time that I've been here, and obviously in a very young season with a limited sample size. And why don't we do? We'll start with Carlson, just to I don't know that one. I haven't really spent time thinking about, so we're just spitballing here. Perfect. He Carlson to me is such a different type of player because like you said he did sign a big time contract that is yeah. that has a long long term contract and luckily he's young enough to be signing that contract luckily he has the tools to live up to that contract and i don't disagree with you that he that he hasn't lived up to exactly what we were expecting from him early on but i just think that he's busy doing other stuff Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, no, it does, and and that's the the thing too because obviously most of the media here has covered this team for the first two seasons, and I'm brand spanking new, so it's me trying to compare, you know, what they what other people's perceptions of them the last couple of years were compared to now, and obviously the the chemistry between Marcia So and Carlson is palpable. Yes. It was in the in their run to the finals in their first season, they produce regularly, they work really well together, um, but they haven't been producing as much as you would think. The team in general hasn't been producing as many goals as necessarily I would have predicted. And now they've they've had some some games where they've scored five or four or whatever else. But so has the rest of the league. The league has has made an effort to boost scoring over the last decade and a half oh, or yeah. so. The, the rules for speed. I mean, it's, right? Yeah. Exactly. And and I've said on 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 this podcast previously uh, on previous episodes. I think this is arguably the deepest roster on uh, in the NHL in terms of talent when everybody's healthy mind you they're still missing Nate Schmidt big time missing piece and Alex Huck who is also a big time missing my piece guy. my guy yep and uh and then Malcolm Subban's a, a day-to-day and then Gerard Gallant actually did say that uh Schmidt and Tuck should start skating in the next couple weeks or so so that's great news for the Golden Knights um but they will not be ready for for the upcoming road trip Carlson I'm concerned I'm not concerned about him not playing well, but I'm concerned about him playing a game that isn't his game. That's what I'm concerned about for him and Marsha So. And maybe there were they're they're just trying to figure out how to stay afloat until Tuck and Schmitty come back and and bring Cody Glass along as a talent and trying to make sure that he and, and, and that they're maximizing Mark Stone. Maybe they're the guys that are kind of falling to the wayside to start. But either way, you're not paying Marsha So and Carlson to be we're just going to get a bunch of assists and mostly be unnoticeable. So that's my point. And, and, yeah. and, and it's not that I don't think William Carlson's a, a talented, good player, because I do. Yeah, and I, he and absolutely I, is. And I like him. I'm um, surprised how fast he is. He's very quick. Yes. Very quick. But you are paying – it's sort of like – I'll use a baseball analogy. 
Oh, boy. If I pay a guy because he hits 40 home runs a year, mm-hmm. and then the next two years he hits five home runs, but he gets a lot of doubles? Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer. Good Twins reference. Yes. So so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you're paying for a goal scorer. You're paying superstar money for Correct. production that you would expect from, like, second line who spot spots in on the power play once in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say that William Carlson can't catch fire either, because we know oh, how streaky no. hockey can be. Right. So, so uh, it's just at this early juncture, those are the things that concern me. Um, the flurry, the flurry playing the 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 time on the ice, um, losing a step. I I wouldn't say losing a step. I, I just don't, think. I don't, yeah. I just I just think he. He looks maybe tired. I don't know what you want to call it. Now, I have had indications from folks that there, there has been some injury there, not enough to keep him out of games. Right. Uh, because, as you know, as a goalie, you're going to get you here get, all the you, time. As a hockey player in general, up. you're always yeah. banged up with something. But especially with goalie, because you're expected to make, and you make regularly, acrobatic saves that defy physics in terms right. of what you ways your body bends. Like, right. it doesn't make sense, and it's violent, and it's quick. And then, oh, yeah, people can slam into you, too. Yeah. And as 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 good and as demure and as nice as Marc Andre Fleury is, he's a fierce competitor. Oh, absolutely! And so if he lo- if I'm him, I can almost see it in my head. And you you double check me on this. There's nobody behind me. I can't stop. You're the I last have line. To go. Oh, it's an absolute mindset. There's no backup. You're the last goalie. person that right. to. You're the last line of defense. Yes. And and that was and that was evident last night that even when they were down five to two because there wasn't a ton of scoring in the third period, he came up with a couple of saves oh, where you're just amazing. Like, holy crap because it's on like third rebounds and it's just battling and nobody's picking up sticks and they're just whacking away and he's just I got a toe on it or <laughs> I got like you know my one part of my pad that I had no I, I didn't have any control over it, but I just happened to be in the right place at the right time but that's hockey half of it is being at the right place in the right time well not only that but you know, there's there's a lot of folks that are learning hockey here in Las mm-hmm. Vegas because they've only been around it for a couple years yep. I, I'm no expert but I've been around it my whole life yep and um so the other night he made the save. He made the the right pad save with his right leg. He loves those saves early on this year. That's where, for sure. Where he did not see the puck. Mm-hmm. And yep. I saw I saw people going like, "Well, he got lucky. He didn't see it." I go, "No, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. That's anticipation. That's Correct. knowing where the puck's at. Correct. And sliding out on it so you know yep. where the shot's coming from. So so people are learning here. You know, when I was a kid, in, I lived in Kansas City, and at that time, Kansas City had an NHL team, the Scouts. Yep. The scouts then became, do you know who? No. The Denver Rockies, uh-huh. the Colorado Rockies, actually, before they were a baseball team, they were a hockey team. Mm-hmm. And then the Rockies moved and became the New Jersey Devils, which they still are today. Jeez. So, but anyway, as a kid, I remember sitting and watching goaltenders. And back then, I'm old enough to know they didn't have the full oh, hockey yeah. They had the yeah. face mask. Yep, right? they had the plastic masks up front. And yep. just watching that, because my mom worked for a uh, orthopedic doctor in Kansas City who was the scouts team doctor. So we'd get tickets all the time. So as a young kid, I got to sit right behind the glass at Kemper Arena and all that. So good for you. But watching goalies and watching them Mm -hmm. play the position, I mean, you played it, so you know. But for those of us who've watched hockey enough to know how difficult the position is to play Mm -hmm. and to watch Marc-Andre Fleury do those types of saves and to anticipate and to see his movement, you know, I always want to put it to ballet music. Oh, it's art. That's because you're one hundred percent correct. Amazing. It's a hundred percent correct, and and you're absolutely spot on with the anticipation. And and I was talking to I forget who I was talking to in the press box when one of those I think it was maybe last night's first goal because 
in previous games, like you said, they were shooting to the far side, so the puck would start at the point up at the defenseman near the boards, and they would be shooting towards Marc-Andre Fleury's blocker side because Fleury's facing the defenseman. And so it's hitting him on that right side. That first goal went off somebody's body and went back left. The hardest thing for goalies to do is to go back to the spot that they just left when you're pushing. Because it's just, if you think about physics, it's kind of like a wave. You're going back and forth. And because of that redirection, because it went back short side, that's what short, that means it's the closest side to the shooter, that's going to be really hard for him to save. That's a ba- that's a no-go. Like, that's just, it happens. But that's something that Nashville picked out. That's something that they were able to see in previous tape that, hey, there was one game, and I forget which game, where I think it was three shots in a row that that exact play happened, but they shot it to that blocker side and to that right pad, and then he would just... As long as you see the shot go off, you don't have to see the entire flight path. Mm-hmm. It's about seeing the shot go off and, and, and is it going to, and usually there's traffic in front, is it going to my left or is it going to my right? And how? And if you see it go off, you can basically guess on how fast it's going and how hard you have to push. Right. It, and tips happen, just like in that first goal last night where it changes direction. It's completely weird. But if it doesn't happen, it's still going to that right side. And, even, and if it continues on that path and he doesn't see it the whole way, but he happens to make that save. He was right. He guessed right. right, but it's not a guess. It's just, it's because you've seen so many pucks. You've seen this exact shot so many times, and you can pick these things out when you get to that level. And I was, I, I'm sure I do not do it at the level that he does. <laughs> um, but this is something that, that comes naturally to goaltenders. You just, you, you tend to anticipate. And I don't think Fleury has been that bad to start the season. And I, I think, oh, no. I think there, he has been the victim of bad spurts of play. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit more uh, in, in this actual podcast. But the thing that concerns me about Flurry, and, and, and if you take the defensive lapses out and you take all that extra stuff out, is that at the end of the day, he's still, he's the one, like you said, last line of defense. We're still giving up goals within the last, the last minute or, or the first minute. And they tend to happen consecutively pretty quickly. Yes. And when that stuff starts to happen, when that becomes a trend, and like we said, limited sample size, that worries me in terms of their mental game. Not just Flores, but the teams in general. But when you're a goalie, that's literally what you pride yourself on. Like my dad always, who coached me for years, and he wasn't a goalie expert, but he's watching the hockey. He went to all of my goalie training. He understood. You cannot give up goals within the first or the last minute of a period. Because they are momentum killers no matter what. And the other problem is, too, is that it's easy, especially at the end of a period, to forget that that happened and then come out slower after an intermission and then not, not change anything. And I think that's really what's plagued Flurry in that second period on the long change. And I think that's what's plagued this team in general. And I asked Coach Galan about this last night at the, after yeah. the game. And I said, hey, and I have... I don't even know if these stats are accurate. So because I'm not a mathematician, I can barely count to 35. <laughs> um, but what I counted up here, and I asked them in in goals against, they've out of I had 21. I don't know if they've actually given up 21 goals against, but eight out of those 21 goals against have come in under two minutes left. Two and a half minutes left in a period, or within two and a half minutes of the start of the period. Now that's not one minute, but you know what? Know how many are within the one minute? Four of them. Wow. So that's a problem. That is a preparation problem. That is a mental well, problem for this team. It is a mental obstacle that clearly has not only reared its head several times already in this young season, 
but was brought to my attention by you and, and, and people on Twitter. This ain't new no. for the Knights. No. And Galat said in his quote, we always we prepare the same way we do in between periods every for everything. I'm like, okay. Well, if that's the case, and this has been a th- problem for a while, yet something needs to be shaken up in some way. I'm not saying it's wrong. It might it might have been right in the first season. It might have been right in the second season. Whatever whatever was right in those last two seasons, can't you can't apply that to this year because this is a different team, even though it's basically the same. It's a completely different situation. Well, and that's where you know, Coach Gallant's answer to you was really just a great non-answer from well, it's a coach. Coach's answer. It's a coach's you know yeah. discretion. At the same time, though, if I was sitting with him in a room, my uh-huh. my follow up would have been. So you're okay with these goals happening at this time? Because if you're saying you're preparing the same way, uh, it's not working in as far as those last the last two minutes of a period, the first two minutes of a period. Yep. You're having concentration issues there. If you're not going to change the way you prepare, is there something else you can do? Exactly. Exactly. Because, because now, listen, I mean, to your point, it's happened for several years. It's happened all the yeah. way back to the first year. And the, the the difference is, now again, early in the season, the difference is they could always overcome it because they were scoring a lot more goals. Right. They were scoring. They were doing things differently. Right. Uh, and so to me, it, it doesn't look as glaring, right? Yeah. We all saw it there. And I've always been a proponent. Or, or it's considered as a normal a normal occurrence. Right. It just happens. Oh, yes. well, we do that. Which right? would make sense in this town with such a limited hockey just experience where People yes. in the media or fans might not recognize that as something that is abnormal compared Correct. to the rest of the league or just oh, no. the rest of the sport in general. Oh, no, the fan base is getting smarter. It takes right. time, right? Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but even last night, you're watching, and I, I, as I was making notes for the show today, for your show, I, I saw the improvement they've mm-hmm. made on the power play. Absolutely. They came into yesterday's game, and I don't have the updated stats, but they went into yesterday's game sixth in the league. Mm-hmm. On the power play, number one in power and in, in, in penitent kills, right? Yeah. So, as Golden Knights fans know, going back to the first season, that was always a problem. They were not great on the power play. Yep. So, they've made great strides there. Absolutely. Right? But in this area, it continues to be the same. And you just think to yourself, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, the coach doesn't seem, or he won't admit to the media that it's a problem. Maybe internally the staff. Mm-hmm. But you're at practice. They're not doing anything differently, right? Well, that's the thing, and that's, that leads us kind of to the next layer of, of talking hockey because there's talking about what, what happened in the game, what types of things we're seeing, and then it's kind of dissecting the actual source of the problem because all of these little nitpicky areas, not scoring as much in the power play, first line isn't producing as much, defensive breakdowns, mental lapses, they all have the same root, and that's that mental edge that I just don't think that they've really discovered yet on this team yet. And like I said before, this is my first season with them. And to be totally honest, this is my first season covering hockey full-time. Just listen to the questions I ask a lot. Most of the time I'm fumbling through them. And thankfully, everybody is like, it's okay. <laughs> You're selling yourself short. Well, no, no, but like legit. Like, I, I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty new to this type of job. I'm not new to hockey. I'm not new I to actually doing you, I it. I guarantee you he appreciates your questions I, because they come, I know. they come from a place of hockey knowledge. Absolutely. But I've 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 got I've I've had two during the game, and the first one that I ever had, I happened to drop my notebook three seconds beforehand. <laughs> so thank you to people bearing with me as I kind of learn how to do this as well. But what I get worried about with this squad, and and I, I took a look at this earlier because I I was like, how many players are on this team were on the team in the first year? How many how many mainstays on this team do we have? And I have, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 players that either played half or the entire 
first full season have been on the team since. Then you have five players that have played at least last season and this year, and then you have two brand new ones, which is Hag and Glass. Obviously, Pacioretty was traded for. Stasny was signed in the after the first first season. Stone was traded for last year. Zekoff has been in and out of this organization a little bit. And then Nick Holden was brought in last year as well. The rest of these guys have played together for literally years. And not just years like on the but like as an entire core. And that's right. abnormal in this. It's yes. it's 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 normal to have six, seven, eight guys where like, yeah, they've been here for a while. But because it's a unique situation, because it's an, it's an expansion club, and because they had so much success early, they went they they are in win now mode. Right, and that's that's what makes it great to be to be a Golden Knights fan. And that's what makes it great to for for our jobs. Because I'm like they're three years old and they're already just like whatever. I'm like I don't have to watch the Minnesota <laughs> Wild play. This is the greatest year of all time. This is uh, great. Yeah. But the what I get worried about with all those guys with being so familiar with one another, with the coaching staff, with with just everything that goes on here. Is that they're becoming complacent, and I'm not. I'm not accusing them. I'm merely speculating because this is just how I would read it if I if I were a player or or a coach. And that when you have those guys all together for this amount of time playing the same game, same colors, same bit, they've had this. The only person that's ever changed stalls in the locker room is Shea Theodore. Every single person has had the same locker stall their entire duration of their career here. And that, I know it's lockers. Who cares? That matters in hockey. When I played, and this could be right or wrong, we had a, a situation at St. A's where we had one class that was really big because it was just when, this, when the program started, you have to recruit a lot more, kind yeah. of like here, kind mm-hmm. of same thing here, an expansion team almost. You have a ton of new players, and they tend to that, – that's their class. They go through all four years. So when they leave, you have to replace that class with another big class. But – so that means we had essentially the same team a lot of the times, but we switched lockers every year. Everybody got a new mix because it's a different team. It's a different makeup. They're going to be well, added freshmen. Lindsay, let me ask you this. When you say that you switched every year, was that, yes. was that the players initiating nope, that? No, that's coach. That's coach. Coach that's said, coach. all right, mix it up. That's coach. Coach would purposefully mix it up, put different personalities. Sometimes it's, hey, we're going to put the freshman by the senior or or much like what they're doing with Nick Hag, they're playing him a lot with Derek Engeland, who's the oldest guy on the team. But these little things add up. There's no difference. They And and from what I've seen from practices, and I've, I've missed maybe three of them, is that is that they do the same essentially the same drills every single practice and i get it they're professionals there's not and and it's in season there's not a whole lot of improvement or tinkering it's going on yeah, yeah. And, and it's not the off season you're just basically trying to get the blood flowing just making sure that the rust is is staying off and that everybody's just you're just doing another day. It's just like you're getting on a treadmill every day and you just do it because the day you don't do it that's when things start to get wonky but when you have that type of consistency always that sometimes can start leading to complacency and i think that's what you're seeing a little bit with these guys with these bad starts or ends of periods with these little micro uh periods of time where all of a sudden you know five minutes before they were dominating and then all of a sudden for two and a half minutes three minutes it's like what team am i watching right now because it's completely different well and and i i I think there's something to that and last year we heard rumblings especially from from other folks in the media 
that covered the team mm-hmm. uh, that that there was there was there was kind of a rift in between some factions within the locker room, right? Right. It and wasn't terrible. friend groups are going to happen. They happen. It's it's, ha- it's going to happen. People are going to get along with others more than they are with other people. Right. But you had Pacioretty there, you know, and you know Pacioretty's personality because you've been around him. Mm-hmm. He's not. He he's a very serious guy. He was a captain of the Canadians. There's no room for BS no. up in Montreal. Correct. Let me tell you. Correct. Yep. So so you know the environment he came out of. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're. Max Pacioretty, and you come out of Montreal where hockey is literally religion. You come down here, and it's all loosey goosey. Guys are wearing suits and drive and wearing shorts, and they're driving right. around in Lamborghinis, and it's all crazy. So, so he didn't quite fit in last year, right? And, and you could, see, and it translated on the ice it too. Did. He didn't have a, nearly as good of a production year, and, right. and he's gotten off to a great start. He's this much year. different place right now. He he looks better than I've seen him in years. To be totally honest, right, right, because he looks comfortable. He's settled. He's and he, settled, and he, and he understands kind of what the waters are. Correct. Right. And then you have Mark Stone, who amazing talent. Right, yep. he came in as well at a different time. And and he's a more serious guy too. Although he's lightened up a little bit now, yep. he's kind of fitting in with yep. that with the Vegas environment. But to your point, you have those that first team, right? That that first team, even though they're mostly still here, right? They lost a couple people from that team that were significant to them, right? Uh, James Neal, you know, who was a, yeah. a veteran, wily veteran, who kept people in line. He was a tough guy. Yeah, David Perron, same type of guy. Exactly. So so. You, you, those are the guys you lost, mm-hmm. uh, and and so the dynamics change, but yet the other things haven't changed. So the the the, fami- the, the fam- familiar nature of of the practice every day and all this stuff, it does it can in our our regular lives. If we right. do something the same way with our shows, if we just do the same thing over and over again, we're right. going to lose a little bit of an edge. And 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 so I think there is something to what you're saying. Yeah, and they got to find it, and the coaches have to do it. That's the downside, I think, when people talk about oh, he's a player's coach. Yeah. Okay. Great. Right, because you're always defending the players, which Correct. there's a time and a place for you to go to bat to your players. Exactly. But when there's a line and it's crossed, and I'm not saying it has been, but we're getting to the point where it's not so people aren't really being accountable. Nobody's really calling and I'm not saying he played poorly. And Gallant inadvertently, you know, didn't explicitly call it Ryan Reeves last night, but he said, you know, we had some players that were making lazy play that were out there being lazy during the goals. And if you watch back, you're like, Yep, that's yep. the person. Yep. But at some point, especially when you're dealing with guys that are mostly veterans, a lot of these guys, they start. Cody Glass is the first draft pick to ever play for this team. Like that, straight up. You you don't have to worry about veterans as much, so you're not going to get after them as much for their little right. their their little routines or trying to be like let's shake things up, let's try to get a little bit of an edge going. You're not going to try to disrupt because they know what they're doing and they do. But it might they might be doing the things that worked for them in that first year or in the second year. And 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 just to be honest. That first season, it was a special season. You'll never see never something like that. It. Never replicate and, and 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 for all that momentum that, that that created for so many of those players, I guarantee you Carlson's not getting that contract and without that first year if no. he's playing for a different team. Marcia So is not getting that contract if he's still playing in Florida. Hell, Riley Smith, who's been unbelievable to start out this yeah. season, one of the most underrated players in this league. He doesn't get most of these guys had career years. And so there has been some regression, and that's fine. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you've gotten over the hump day, the second season of of, of this club. And the way I kind of look at it is that you've been married for how many years, Scott? 23. 23 years. Congratulations to you Thank both. Thank you. I have not been married for 23 years or any years. <laughs> um, but I, did you have relationships in college? Of course. Of course. Do you remember like college relationships that kind of 
little bit trajectory that they would have. It would be hot and heavy to start. Then you kind of, everybody's like, sure. well, I like you, but this bothers me. And then there's the stage where, well, I don't really want to go out. Why don't we just like watch Netflix and just chill yeah. out? And if then they you had stop, Netflix then. You stop going, <laughs> yeah. That's you stop going on dates, oh. stop going to the gym, you stop camping. And then, that, then all of a sudden- A natural all, end. A natural end. And I'm not saying we're going to end the nights no. here. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is- just because it was a really good relationship and or say like Carlson and Marcia So's line take that for an example. They they can still be really good friends. They could still have really good chemistry. Why don't we try separating them? Just try So that it. was going to be my next question just to you. Just try it just well, to see to shake it up. But shake that, up the relationship. That's the only uh, the one thing that I will be critical of Gallant on is not because I don't know enough about coaching hockey to be really critical of the guy and he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh is is the inability or the excuse me the lack of openness to changing the lines up. Mm-hmm. Well, just hockey's a very superstitious game. I know, I know, but he just won't do it. Yeah, and 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 everyone else can see, including some very gifted hockey writers in Canada and the rest of the United States, who've all kind of looked at it at certain times and said, "Well, geez, you know, if you if you juggled this a little bit, right. boy, Vegas might be unstoppable." Right. And he doesn't do it. Right, and and you can tell, and that's. Players coach, routine, they like playing, they have good chemistry. They don't have to they don't have to do as much work to communicate with one another. There just becomes kind of like this spidey sense about them. But sometimes when they're not working, and I'm not saying they're not working right now, but they're not working as well as they maybe could, yeah. why don't we shake that part up? Why don't we shake up the D pair lineups? Why don't we let Oscar dance or Malcolm Subban play a game where you would usually reserve that for like this is a Marc Andre Fleury game right here? And that's where I'm saying, and I'm not saying it has to be this seismic kind of wake up. No, it could be small changes. Like I said, this is arguably the deepest roster in the league. And just because we're doing well doesn't mean we can't do better. Because at the end of the day, you've lost three games. One was to a a Boston team that made the Stanley Cup final last year. One was to a Coyotes team that is, I think is the dark horse of the Pacific. Yes, yes. And one being the National Predators, who were also in their own Cup final within the last couple of years. All three of those teams, three of those teams, minus like the Coyotes, but both of those two teams are teams you play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Teams that you will expect to see in the playoffs. I don't think anybody would say that they wouldn't think that the Boston Bruins aren't going to make the playoffs. And the NHL is weird; like it's playoffs and sports are weird. I get that, but when it comes to these these next level teams, whenever everybody's good, unless you're the Minnesota Wild or the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> There are there are little things that differentiate the greatness and goodness, mm-hmm. and there thankfully there's a ton of season left, and they have the tools and they have the. Co- I think they have everything they need, which most most teams can't say. Well, well and, and and again, I think you, talking about Galan and the ability to change lines up and make changes to just kind of shake it up a little bit, like you said, doesn't have to be seismic. Um, he's a great coach. He okay? is, and he, he knows like, what he's talking about. Like most of us who have some talent in some area of their lives. Um, your talent is usually a double-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. What makes you such a great coach also is a liability. In his case, it might be that player interaction right. and desire to— It's all to, about context. It's all about context, right? Mm-hmm. But it's early, and yes, they have time to figure it out, right? So to me, that is such an important piece of this is— and sometimes change happens. You know, your your coach might have said something publicly, but behind the scenes there might be other things going on. Right. And especially in the NHL where there's no transparency at all. Lower body, upper body. That's what you get. Yeah, with injuries and, every, and everything else. And they don't show, and then you never see them. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, too, is when people talk about the Golden Knights, it's a very special team to this community because of all that happened with 1 Absolutely. October and all that. That'll always be that way, yep. right? 
at the same time, the things we're talking about, some people will listen to your show today and they, they'll, they'll get mad thinking we're being overcritical. It's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about every team, as you said so perfectly, every team can be better. Even the best team in the league can be better than yep. they are. Yep. You have to strive for that. That's professionalism. That's sports. Right. And if, you don't, if you're not willing to do that, and the Knights have the ability. They have the roster. It's a reason why they looked at it. I could never see it. But people were saying, well, this team should be an odds-on favorite to go to the cup final. Right. And I was like, I don't know. That defense, I've watched it for three years, and I don't see any difference. Right. So, but, but to me, they're, they're close enough that if they make these adjustments, which is why we're talking about them, yep. they can make those runs, and they can win outright and get to where they want to be. Absolutely. And, and all it is, it's low line tickering, or just straight up, instead of saying, we're gonna, we only focus on our game and our team, just taking that focus inward and pointing it outward. I'm not saying we need to dissect every piece of game film for every opponent and completely change what systems are we going to run, what kind of, are we going to go from a diamond PK to a box. Like where, It doesn't have to be that. But you have to take a look at what who you're facing, what they're doing, and how they're playing because that's exactly what Nashville did to them last night, and oh, yeah. that's exactly why they were dominated the entire game. And, and just changes here and there. So I'm mm-hmm. going to use another change. So – we talked about Cody Glass, right? The, the first yep. ever draft pick who's playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. He he struggled a little bit in the preseason on on uh, on the power play. They've had him at the bumper position, right? Yep. And still then they, do. And they well, but they've been moving him to the goal line yep. more, and he's doing better. Yep. And so, so to me, that's an example of okay, here's a shift. So the coach is seeing that the yep. player is obviously more comfortable at the goal line. And so, Which makes sense because on the half wall, it's a much more added responsibility on the exactly. power play than it is down low. Down low, you your butt is literally almost against the boards. There's right. nobody going to come down and, and, and surprise you from there versus the half wall. You could have the D creeping down to pinch while you're trying <laughs> to go back and forth down low. That's right. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great pickup on, on how they're using him. Well. Yeah, yeah, and so to me, that in itself is an example of where coaches are seeing the need or seeing mm-hmm. a player's ability and finding a natural spot for him. I Again... I just wish they would do that with some of the lines and mixing up yes. the lines. That's no, all. absolutely. And and after their game tomorrow night against Otto, which I'm not going to say is a pretty much a win, but honestly, if they, if they, they show if they, if, if they don't show up tomorrow night, they're, yeah. we're going to have a very different podcast next week and, and, and a very <laughs> different premiere show on Monday. But after that, they are going to head out to the East Coast, not the Eastiest East, but greater Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Chicago area for Tough a three-game run. roadie. Uh, Phillies looking a lot better, uh, and, they, and they got gritty. And they got and they got gritty. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh looking pretty good so far, and uh, Chicago is always gonna be a tough place to play. And you and you're on the road, and it's your first elongated road trip. And I didn't ask about it today. Maybe I'll ask about it tomorrow. We'll see. But I think this road trip could not come at a better time for the Golden Knights, just because. It's one thing when you're going like one game to San Jose, you're always, you're gonna come home, and then you have like one game in Vancouver, and then you're gonna come home. When you're out when you're across the country all you are is a teammate all you're doing is chilling with the chilling with the boys playing some chill eating some steaks <laughs> maybe getting you know a, f- a few football games in there here here and there whatever else but it focuses you down as a player and it eliminates a lot of the distraction i'm not calling their families distraction their kids or their wives or whatever their significant else cuz they're at it but there is a diff- the simplification is a necessary thing for team bonding, no matter if you have your entire team oh, that's returning or a absolutely. new team. Because even though most of these players have played together for at least the last two years, Cody Glass hasn't, Nick Hag hasn't. 
Well, and, and you're right, though. You're in it. It's just a different season. As you it's know, a different team. and seasons have different feels to yep, them. Yep. And right? people progress in their careers. They progress in their careers. They yep. pro- progress in their personal life. And, and you saying being away from their families, that's not a bad thing because nope. I'll use the example. I've been traveling my whole career, right? Yep. When I would go on a business trip, I miss my family. I miss my kids. But you know what? I'm but, focused. But a little bit do you not miss them. <laughs> no, no offense to the fam. Well, no, I, I usually get to go out to nicer dinners and see, right. see things. But, see, I would be like, freedom! But, yeah. <laughs> but that's why I'm not married and I don't have kids yet. <laughs> there you go. There we go. But I will tell you, the focus, I liked it from the perspective of, okay, and, and my wife was always supportive. She said, look, you're, yep. you don't have to call me eight times when you're gone on that day. Just yep. you know, call me once before you whatever. And it was good because I could focus on my job. Yep. And I think you're right. I think this road trip is the perfect time. And it's the perfect length that it's not like a, a week and a half. It's right. like five days. You get in, you get out, and it's not like New York, New York, New Jersey, and like all. It's like there's there are party places in Philly and Pittsburgh and Chicago, sure. but it's not the same as like going out to Boston or to New York or Correct. to Las Vegas right. even. But it's important. Uh, it's important because I think that you you think about it these. When you're home, you have not only your family, your significant mm-hmm. others, if you have errands, one. errands, you have projects. Oh, I have a brewery. I yeah. have a beer. I have a, a, a sponsorship deal with a, this we have an car appearance. dealership. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So that stuff is gone. Now it's just hockey yep. and team. Yep. You right? go on the bus. You go with the bus. You right. go eat together. You you are staying in the same rooms unless you're a veteran and have hit that ga- that game minimum to stay in your room. But it's all with your teammates. Right. And that's and compartmentalization. For anybody to get anything, most people get anything done, but especially for most hockey players because they are so routine driven. They are so, they were able to kind of just, you can isolate these little things where it's like if you fix this one, it's kind of like a golf swing almost. If you just, if you do this, a lot of things will, a lot of things could fall back into line. And the easiest way to do that is to have everybody on the same page, focus on the same thing. And right. and fully present at the same level because yeah. I there's no chance that you think and prepare for the game the same way for a home game versus an away because yeah. there, there's all that stuff that's going on in the background there's while well, the kid the kid sniffles so now I I can't sleep at home tonight because a I might get sick or my wife's sick and I have to go sleep some I have to sleep on the couch like all yeah. these little things going to play right. but here you reduce you minimize and you just go out and you do what you do you do your job and get those good feelings. Get that camaraderie, get that team bonding outside of just hanging out in Montana and riding horses and whatnot, but just normal team on the bus bonding. And that it kind of reestablishes your relationship with your hockey roots, too, because it's just when you're on the road, it's almost all you have the same bus seat. Usually you have the same type of routine, just like you would at home, but it's just different. Right. And uh, and it's not like they're playing all of the best teams either in the East and Eastern Conference. So it's it's a good cushion for them to really get their road season kicked off. Well, and Lindsay, I think if you can win this Ottawa game, which they should at yes. home before they head, we don't want to discount Ottawa either because no. it's, I'm like hey, you got to win, you got to win the games, you, you have to play win the game, you got to mm-hmm. play the game. Yep. And so they they can end the homestand with this win mm-hmm. on Thursday night. And then hit on the road. If they can come back, win two or three, yes, on the road, great. Then they're in a good spot. You're in an uh, excellent and, and spot. And I think I think you you as a team too. Men, your mentality is like, okay, we've struggled in little spots here and there, but you know what? We finished strong at home. We went on the road. We took two out of three, maybe three out of three, and you coming back home on a high now. And right. You feel really good about yourself. Your mental state is in a much better place than right. when you maybe left. Um, and I, I think that 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 would be wondrous for them if they can go ahead and go out and, and win two or three on the road. I mean, like you said, not bad teams either. It's not like they're playing Ottawa and Minnesota on right. the road. Right, and they're not playing Tampa Bay and Washington. Bay, right. It's nice in the middle. And, 
and and I and I can't stress enough simplification off the ice leads to simplification on the ice. There you go. And they need to simplify their D zone, their breakout, all of these things that kind of bogged them down last night. And half of it was Nashville just playing a really good game, but half of it was self inflicted too. Yeah. You're just it's gonna seem a lot clearer because there are players on this team that usually I I wouldn't worry about being new and, and just knowing them, but there are people that I've talked to where they're like, I'm really concerned about player A mm-hmm. when I'm never concerned about player A. And I'm like, okay, well then we need to keep an eye <laughs> on this. Like, cause it might, it's, I'm kind of at the mercy of some people in terms of, in terms of the history, but it should be, it should definitely be an interesting next week or so. And uh, if anything, I'm sure Glant will enjoy some time off from the entire media horde here. Oh, the and, tough uh, media in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're a different type of breed. Easy. We're about we're about we're yeah. a cast of uh, misfit toys, but That's right. we, we we still everybody appreciates the gift. Everybody That's right. appreciates everybody. it. Everybody does. All right, well, we've gone almost fifty minutes, and I think we're probably pretty good for today. So, where we can we find again? One silver and black today on next. So, silver and black today. If you want to switch over from hockey and talk a little bit about Raiders football, the next pro team coming to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. eight to ten on Sundays. See. Uh, you can join us same places. Uh, CBS Sports Radio eleven forty, also radio.com. dot mm-hmm. uh, We also have the website silverandblacktoday.com, which is a news site that we update all week, so you can check that out as well. And uh, Social handles? Silver, black, the number two day, and then mine is LV Gully, L-V-G-U-L-L-Y, where I am usually tweeting as a Golden Knights fan yes. versus a media member. So uh, excuse sometimes the wild shifts in mood. Yes. I am <laughs> actually professionally covering them, and I have still just as many, if not more, wild <laughs> shifts of mood. And you can follow all of those shifts, gr- gifts, and random content that really makes no sense to anyone but myself uh, at Lindsay Brown 35 L-I-N-D-S-E-Y Brown like the color 35 or on Instagram at Linz just minus the E-Y Brown 35 and uh, find all of our great Golden Knights NHL and sports related content on CBS Sports Radio 1140.radio.com and on the radio.com app thanks again Scott I appreciate you and Lindsay people cannot forget Monday six to seven. Oh, yeah. I need to listen to your show. I'm so bad at like promoting my own but stuff. That, that's why we're we're this we're, is true. We're what the kids call fam. That we are fam. <laughs> we are faming it Sorry. up. Sorry, no, it's okay. But yes, so yeah, I'm excited for your first show Me Monday. Too. Uh, and make sure the people who are subscribing to this podcast already know how good you are. But Monday's going to be great. Make sure they listen in. And if you take calls, I might call in as a different voice. Oh, oh, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> oh, boy. We thanks might decide. That's me. what I'm going to do in Silver and Black today, then, too. We're just going to have <laughs> we'll all do it. impressions. We'll break each other. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. The Nightcap Podcast with Lindsey Brown is produced from the Las Vegas Bay studios of CBS Sports Radio 1140, a radio.com sports station.